ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take you all the way down in New Orleans this time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another week of Hard to Paint with David Grubb. Uh, so much going on in the world of sports, but today I wanted to focus on one thing and one thing in particular, the LSU athletic program. And so I go to my good friend, uh, George Becknell, who is all over the place on sports media, but in particular, he and I have been talking LSU for a number of years now. It's been about, about more than two years that we've been talking LSU. Oh, Absolutely. And, um, you know, every time we get together, we have a really solid conversation. So I feel like considering where we are with this team in football and where we're about to be with basketball and the situation with the program overall, it was a great time to get back with you. Oh, yeah, man. I'm, I'm glad to be here, Dave. Appreciate the invite, brother. It's always good to chat up, chat with you because I feel like we look at most of the stuff when it comes to LSU the same way. So it's always good to talk to somebody who's realistic about what's going on and could see past all the all the foolishness and all the smoke and mirrors that a lot of people get caught up on. And I, I think uh, there was a great point made about a week ago um, during right after Coach Orgeron's press conference when the first hint of the allegations had hit from USA Today and the article dropped and how it was noted by an LSU professor – that 22 questions were asked before any person in the media, and it wasn't local, before any person in the media asked about what was going on in the football program. And mm -hmm. I think that that's a big issue here in Baton Rouge. It's a big issue in Louisiana overall, is that people feel like you cannot question the LSU athletic program. And there are some things that need to be talked about on the field and off the field. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely, David. You know, we, we, we live in a different day and age, right? So, obviously, things that might have been swept under the rug 10, 20, 30 years ago with the presence of social media, with the presence of the news cycle that we have right now, things are magnified a lot, and you can't get away with a lot of these things. But the amount of money that LSU athletics bring in, football especially, to the school, to Baton Rouge, to the other programs, it's in everybody's financial best interest to let them do what they want to do. But certain things, a lot of t there's a lot of things that are more important than football, and there's there's things that gotta get that needs to be answered, that needs to be rectified, and I I don't see this ending well. Like I'm hope I'm hoping that I'm wrong, but I don't see this ending well at all. And we're going to get into that because it's a lot to get into. But right. first, let's get get this on-field stuff out of the way. LSU wins 27-24 at Arkansas. On the surface, fine, you get a win. They needed a win to get back to 500. But I'm, let me just throw some numbers. So this was the third time this year that LSU has allowed at least eight yards per play. They're one mm -hmm. and two in those games. This is the first time they won. They, they lost to Mississippi State, lost to Missouri. Mm -hmm. They allowed Arkansas to complete 65% of their passes. They're allowing 63.4% mm -hmm. for the season. And in only 18 minutes and 17 seconds of time of possession, Arkansas found a way to only lose by three. And without a block kick <laughs> and without a couple of very big plays, LSU's coming home two and four. 
I was not impressed by the win. And the one good thing they did the whole game was stop Arkansas on third down. But you couldn't stop the big play again. You couldn't Mm-mm. stop you, – you allowed Arkansas pretty much to stay in a game where you should have broken their confidence early. And yep. we'll just start with the defense on that. This is as bad as it has been defensively for LSU. This is the worst defense of the Orgeron era by far, by far. And it's not a talent thing. No, it is, it's not a talent thing. You know, um, I, I'm. there's so much to talk about, David. Like, the front four doesn't get any pressure. You know, the secondary – the secondary looks like they don't know what coverage is. Like, you got you got one person over here playing man, somebody else is playing zone. And if you look at those – the stats you just brought out about the yards per play, it's always going to be high because they're going to give up at least two to three 50-plus yard plays every game because – somebody doesn't know what's going on on the field. And it's embarrassing. Like, like this is big-time college football, and I'm having to remind myself that these are the defending national champions I'm watching. I don't understand how Bo Pelini still has a job. I, I, I just don't understand it. Maybe it's the buyout clause that's stopping it. But when you have, when you have guys like, like Stingley's on the field, we know what type of talent somebody like him is. We saw him last year on this national championship team, and he looks average. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's a problem. And it's, and it's embarrassing for the school. They're giving up all kind of records. I, I can't put – I can't even point at one individual player and say, this person has to step up, this person has to step up. Because the people – the couple of people that played last year, look like they've regressed so much. And I don't think that they've become that much worse. I think it's a mixture of the scheme that they're in. And I just don't think that they're well coached on the defensive side of the ball. The other part of that, too, is look at a guy like Jabril Cox, who came to LSU to be a first-round pick. He, he was yeah. considered a top-two-round pick last year yeah. before he transferred. Comes to LSU, he might be a day-two, day-three guy at this point because yeah, he's absolutely. shown nothing. And nothing I don't know all. if that's him. I don't know. Or uh, And if I'm him, I'm really upset with the position I've been put in because I've cost myself a lot of money. Oh, Absolutely. Absolutely, and it's all over the field. You know, like like even on the offensive side of the ball, is Terrace Marshall going to be as high as he would have been had he opted out? You know, it, it's, it's just all over the place. And, look, we knew Ogeron wasn't Nick Saban. We knew Ogeron wasn't Urban Meyer or one of these top-tier coaches, right? He was the ultimate CEO. He hung his hat on hiring great, assistance and letting them coach the formula that Les Miles should have used, right? So at this point, if Ogeron does not demote Bo Pelini, you know, I, I get that. I get that he has a a buyout clause, so he has to be on the staff. But you know the Taft got lose. that money. You know Taft got that, that money. That's what I'm saying. I think Taft will find that. But Something's got to shake to where you've got to do something because at some point, when do we start talking about does Ogeron need to be checked? You know, because nobody's saying that because the season they had last year, but this is embarrassing. And the only reason why they beat Arkansas, let's be honest, Arkansas is terrible. Felipe Franks 
might be one of the top two, three worst quarterbacks in the SEC right now. Arkansas, this is a bad football team that you beat by like three points. You know, you we don't need to celebrate nothing. It's almost there's no moral victories here. It, it's just it's just embarrassing, David. It's, it's embarrassing. For you know, Orgeron to say that they had their best week of practice and you still gave up over 400 yards of offense on 44 plays and the fact that you ran 92 plays and you won by three. I don't think that I've ever seen a team have that many more plays than their opponent and for the game to be that close. And win by three. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen that either. I, I, I haven't seen that ever. And but Ogeron has been saying ridiculous stuff all year. Like before the season, he was talking about how this was the best defense he's seen since he's been at LSU. And you see what that looked like. They look like the the 2012 Saints. Like like it's just it's just been awful. So for him to step to the podium, and look, I, I, I'm an Ogeron fan, so I, I want to believe in him. Mm-hmm. But some of the stuff he said at these press conferences, like I'm gonna give you a good example. Me and a buddy of mine were just talking about this. So T.J. Finley beats South Carolina, mm-hmm. right? And it was, and he was like, well, you know, obviously Miles Brennan's our guy, but if if he's not hurt, if he's hurt or not available, we know we could go to T.J. We believe in T.J., right? Then the week after, they get completely blown out against Auburn, and I don't think T.J. Finley played a bad game. I don't think they put him in a position to win. No, they couldn't then, run the then, football. They we couldn't run the football. And, and the and the receivers couldn't get open. But after after the press conference, after the press conference, Coach O was like, "Well, T.J. Finley, neither Max Johnson were prepared to play quarterback." And and at this point, Ogeron's credibility is shot. I don't believe nothing he says when it comes to evaluation of talent of this LSU football team. The things that he said two years ago was that LSU had to be dominant on the lines. That's why they, when Alabama came to Baton Rouge and Molly whopped them, because remember, LSU right. ain't scored a touchdown at nobody. home against Alabama in like Nothing. five years. Right. So, you know, we're talking a long time. They got Molly whopped. He said, we need a line. The offensive line this year, we're talking about LSU's yards per carry on rushing, what we just spoke about. This is the lowest in the last 20 years, 3.4 yards per carry. They have, they've only been beneath four yards per carry three times in the last 20 years. This is the worst. This is the worst. And you're talking about the backs that they these, – these are three five-star, two five-stars and a four-star in that backfield. We're talking yep. about a team in LSU that has given up on the defensive side the yards per play this season, 7.3. Under Aranda, who everybody complained about. Said it was time for Aranda to go. The last three seasons, 5.1, 4.8, 5.1. So LSU's at 2.3 this year. Points per game allowed, 18.9, 21.8, 21.9 under Aranda the last three years. And then you look at this year and what they're doing. The fall off has been so big. And I think what you talked about earlier with Orgeron being the CEO, the, the, the thing that we wanted to see was after Joe Brady left and after you fired uh, you know, you fire Aranda, it was going to be who those next choices were for coordinator. And you hired your boys. You hired your boys in Linehan and in, <clears throat> excuse me, in Bo Pelini. 
I yeah. think that that's the, the thing about Brady and the thing about Aranda was they were not Orgeron's guys that they were willing to say, I don't do it that way. Right. And now when you got these guys who are on your side, older guys who need these jobs too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Linehan is at the yeah. end of his career. Bo Pelini ain't got nowhere to go after this. Who's no, going to hire Bo after this? So you got guys Nobody. who are dependent on these checks, and you overpaid Bo Pelini in the first place to come t- yeah. after. I mean, I just – I think that w- that's what separates the Sabins, the Swinnies, the Urban Myers, is that they know they're going to lose assistance, but they bring in more quality assistance. And we just – we didn't see that in this first year for Ogeron. No, we, we, we didn't see that at all. And and I, I, I just go back to – I know we're supposed to be talking about this Arkansas game, but the, the, the Missouri game was what did it for me. You know, and, and, and there was one point in that Missouri game where, where we were first in goal from the, from the one. And we were in shotgun. And I was like, you know, because I've been an LSU fan, David. You know, I was, I, my dad had me watching LSU as a child. So, like, I've been an LSU fan like 30 years. And it was, if there was two things we could do, we could run the ball, we could play defense. And we've come – we are so far gone to where we can't line up in our formation and run the ball and get six inches the ball. Like, to me, that's, that's the biggest evaluation of where we are as, as, a, as a football program. Now, to your point, you're, you're absolutely right. Ogeron looked like he hired his boys. And another thing about Nick Saban, because I talked to – I went to LSU with a bunch of guys who played for Nick Saban. Because mm-hmm. LSU – because Nick Saban was there when I was there. And and the thing they said about Nick Saban was Nick Saban was so thorough. He developed everybody. Like, he developed everybody from the coordinators down to the water boys. Like, he, he expected excellence, and he expected things to be done a certain way. I think – I think honestly, Coach O has become too much of a rock star. You know, we, everybody's all in his personal life right now. You know, he's he's a he's a celebrity now, and and I think, you know, it might be too much for him. I'm hoping he gets it together, but it's not looking good for him right now. No, it it, it seems as if he he took the bait. That yeah, yeah that fame. Yeah has gotten to him in that regard because we've seen it. The public appearances have ramped up even as, you know, the even as we've had to shut down. He became the point man on the coronavirus for the governor. He was the guy out there giving the briefings and all this stuff. And yeah. it's just, it's, you. I don't think you'd see other coaches who had just gotten their first taste. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? As, think what you will, I don't, I'm not a big Dabo Swinney person. I don't like Dabo, but we can't say that he's not successful. And I don't think he'd be out there, you know, promoting himself in that circumstance. Doing those kind of things, it would be so much focus internally. And you can say it's obsessive, you can talk about it, but in college football where so many variables exist, more so than in the NFL because kids leave, kids do all these things, there has to be consistency. And LSU is the only program we're seeing that goes from national championship every time they've done this. National championship yep. back to being a good team, or this year yeah. a bad team. They are legitimately yeah. a bad team. Yeah, absolutely. Because in '04, was it they? We, they didn't know who they wanted to play a quarterback. Was it Marcus Randall and Jamarcus Russell? And, and they end up going to like the Holiday Bowl or what was that? The uh, in Florida. What, what, what's that bowl? The, the, in um, 
I know what you're talking about the the Citrus, citrus Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They end up going to Citrus Bowl. Oh eight. I don't even know what they played in oh eight. You know, because that was the Jared Lee George Jefferson season. You know, I'm pretty sure we'll touch on that. <laughs> and then this year has just been the worst thing I've ever. Seen. I don't. I don't think they were this bad under Curly Homer. Like I really don't. This is embarrassing bad. Like, it's embarrassing bad because at the time, at least with Curly Holman, you say he was trying to rebuild a program. It had already right. gone to its bottom with Archer and with Curly. And so right, right. it was this at is its a Cadillac lowest. already. Yeah. This is supposed to be a Cadillac already. You were handed the keys to the kingdom. You don't have <laughs> right. an in-state competitor. You, have, you know what at I'm all. saying? There's nobody for you to Everybody deal with in-state. You don't have to deal with um, – even even when you go into Texas, you don't have to deal with the major Texas power. Texas A&M no. and Texas, for the most part, have been mediocre teams for the better yeah. part. LSU's been recruiting in California, in Florida, in the, the, the Northeast. It's a national program. So it doesn't matter to me that you lose 15 guys to the NFL because Bama's losing 15 guys to the NFL. Ohio State's losing Every 15 year. guys to the NFL. Every year. And they're there. You know what I'm saying? And they're there. So it makes no it makes no sense to me why LSU has these huge downturns every time they taste a little bit of success. It's almost like Auburn. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. is Ed Orgeron the next Gene Chizik in that you got your one and then the rest of the time it's going to be this roller coaster of you trying to keep your job? Yeah, I, I, I agree. And honestly, I, I kind of I, I blame I blame the fan base, too. You know, the fan base has these unrealistic expectations to where, it, I, I don't know. It is, David, it's just absolutely insane. You know, I, I don't, I, 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 like, there's not words for this. You know, like, Gene Chizik, you're right. That's a great comparison because after Cam Newton left, you swear Auburn never played a down of football before. And and, and I, I don't see this getting no better. They, I, I don't see this getting any better, David. Like, there's guys like somebody like T.J. Finley, you know, the running backs are young, especially John Emory. John Emory. Um, you got some talent. You got some skill position guys that are young and that you feel like you could build a program around. But for the most part, this is chaos. They have like, no like, line, you... and they're going <laughs> to lose. All. The line is bad, and they're going to lose what veterans they have on the line at the end of this yes. season. It's going to be I... all freshmen and sophomores on that all O-line next year. And the D-line won't be much better. And they don't have a linebacker. And this has been LSU's problem pretty consistently. Look, when was the last time LSU had a true difference maker on the interior of the defensive line? Are we going back to the Dorsey years? Lynn Dorsey, maybe. And Tyson Chandler? I mean, you know, are we going back? I mean, Tyson, um, excuse me. Jackson. Tyson, Tyson, Tyson Jackson. Jackson. Are we going back that far? Because oh, we have not seen anybody on the interior where LSU made its hay. For all of, through the saving years and the early part of the less miles, it was all DTs creating those opportunities. Maybe maybe Benny Logan was solid. And he but he was a third team All SEC guy and yeah what, and and that was it. Yeah, like I, I can't I can't think of anybody else, David. Like we 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 don't we we didn't have a big difference maker in the interior. Then the pass rushes we had were like real pass rusher specialty guys. They weren't guys yeah, Arden who, could, Key who could stop was the just run. Just a pass rusher. Barkevius Mingo just a pass was a rusher. pass rusher. Like he couldn't stop the run. You know, our linebackers, we've had some solid linebackers. Obviously, Devin White, Devin White, Debo Jones come into mind, but but Quan Alexander, 
but that that interior defense period has, you know, over the last ten years has been. Who's average. been that? Yeah, there's no sideline to sideline guys who can do pursuit at the linebacker no. court. It's not a guy who's who's breaking up passes in the you know in the in the, the short passing game. You just don't mm-hmm. see it. And, and and like you said, the communication on the back end. That one touchdown Arkansas gets. They're not even looking at the receiver. They go up the right side. There's no one within 10 yards of him in any direction. And it's bad when you're watching the game on TV and there's no white jerseys nowhere around the people. Like, And you like see him you, and you're like, I see that guy. Like, how do you not see him? You there. I'm, right. Somebody, oh, that's man. somebody's responsibility. And it just seems like either the message is not getting through or these guys – or they're not being coached up properly because the talent cannot be an excuse. It just cannot right. be an excuse. It, it's not. You know, when you have top ten draft classes every year, every year. And then the thing about it is these guys that are playing aren't guys that you just picked up this year. Mm-mm. Like they, they were guys that's been here. Even if they're freshmen, they, they, a lot of them redshirted. You have very little true freshmen – and transfers that's on these that's on this field, right? Yep. So, but what I can't for the life of me understand is you've been recruiting for a four for a three four defense all this time, and then the drop of a dime you just change the scheme. I, I just I still don't get it, and it's been and it's been terrible. And it's supposed to be simpler. That was the whole thing. Is they said Aranda's defense was too complicated, and so they changed it, and it's supposed to be simpler. Well, it don't look like you said it doesn't look simple. The you secondary can't tell don't guys, get it. They certainly don't, and it's clear that the line doesn't get it because people can still run the ball against LSU too. Like it's right. not like they're they're doing a great job against the run. So it's not like there's there's not really anything that encourages you going into this game against Texas A and M. To talk about TJ Finley though, to give him his props. Yeah, it's it sucks that he has to go out there and throw the ball forty two times. He shouldn't be throwing it forty two times. No, absolutely. Yeah. That's a recipe for failure in, in most right. games. I mean, LSU only threw it 40 times twice last season, and they've already right. done that three times this season. So it's like it's just – it's this is not normal for them, but it's because the running game is so bad. And like I say, he's not getting mm-hmm. the protection to go down the field because if you're throwing it 27 times and you end up with less than 250 yards passing, you're yeah. not going anywhere. You're not going down the field, absolutely. And then the thing about it is last year – and, and LSU receivers are good. LSU receivers are good. I believe that these guys are talented. But if you look, watched them last year, it looked like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Terrace Marshall. These dudes were, you know, Thaddeus Marshall. These dudes was open every play. You know, and I'm not taking nothing away from Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow was a good quarterback, real good quarterback. But – I don't see that. I don't see why receivers getting separation this year. I don't see why receivers running open. I don't. I, I don't see that. And I feel like T.J. Finley is out there trying to throw people open and trying to make something happen, and it's forced. And that's not a good recipe for success. But I like the kid. Like, mm-hmm. if I, I'm honestly at this point with the way the team looks, Miles Brennan can hit the transfer portal. Absolutely. Because they're, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to win the title next year. But if you could grow with this young guy, you know, and, and let him develop in the system and let the wide, wide receivers dra- uh, develop on side of him, 
he could be something really special. Like he has he has the most upside, the most talent as an LSU quarterback that I've seen since Jamarcus Russell. I like this kid. Oh, I do too. I mean, he's got the prototype body. Um, I think he's a solid decision maker. We haven't seen him make bad decisions. He's mm-hmm. making freshman decisions at times um, mm-hmm. where it's just, you know, he, he's waiting for guys to get open at times. But that's freshman stuff. But we've seen what the ceiling is um, for Miles Brennan. And it's not that much higher than what we're seeing out of T.J. Finley. No, there's not. So what's the point for a guy in Miles Brennan who couldn't beat out Danny Etling? Who couldn't beat right. out Joe Burrow before Joe Burrow was Joe Burrow. Absolutely. And now it couldn't even get on the field in blowouts. Right. People need to remember that too, is that Miles Brennan couldn't even get on field in mop-up duty when LSU was up right. 30 in games. So there's no reason, like you said, that to make you believe that Miles Brennan is going to be the guy who gets you back to the top. Take the upside mm-hmm. of a TJ Finley. You got yeah. four, three more years at least with this dude. Take him develop him you're not going to get to a you somebody will invite you to a bowl because they got they got to fill up these rosters so even if LSU goes four and six somebody gonna offer them a bowl game but at yeah, the very exactly. least and, and LSU's a national program like you say their name alone is gonna have people come into the game so but yeah. they, they don't deserve it no but give Finley the thing but you can't tell me that Emory and Davis Price and that they're that bad of running backs we've seen them run I saw right. them both in high school run. Right. These, these dudes are at the very least the equal of a Nick Brosette. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Nick Brosette ran for 1,000 yards. And right. you can't get these dudes 50 yards a game. But what, what I'm not understanding is, you know, the line is bad. Why are we not trying to get these guys the ball in space? Like, like you don't why, see why any are we pitches. Not... You don't see any cutbacks. Right. You don't see... No. You don't see any of that. Why, why, are we, why are we not throwing screens to neutralize some of this? You know, like, I, I, I don't think Scott Lillahan and, and Steve Ingersmaker, look, I, I love Steve Ingersmaker, but I don't think they're doing a good enough job to get those players in positions to be successful because I, I don't see what I saw last year. I, You're not I, seeing I it, yeah. You're not seeing the and, movement? No, I'm not, I'm not seeing – I'm not seeing the – the strategy. I'm not seeing them. The play calling hasn't been good at all. You know, I don't see them trying to trying to neutralize what's going on on defense. I, I don't see that at all. And I don't know. It, it's got to change. It's, it, and it starts at the top. You know, I never thought this time last year I would be talking to you, criticizing somebody like Coach O. But you know, here we are, and it look it looks bad. It's embarrassing, and it starts at the top. You know, and he's got to start been, holding his coordinators in, you know, accountable, and they got to do their job. But go ahead, what you say? And I said, and they've been fortunate in that they've avoided Alabama, that they've avoided Florida to this point. Because if they had played both those games, I That'd thought Alabama might have scored. Alabama had a legit chance to me to score seventy on LSU. They would have. They would have scored eighty. Like, they would have scored eighty. I mean, legit, like, like not even. It wouldn't have surprised like, me. You would have just been like, yeah, okay. Like, I'm not even laughing. Like, like, like somebody as disciplined of a program Alabama is. You know, like last year LSU went to Alabama and really beat Alabama, but because they were better, Alabama wasn't undisciplined. They weren't. They is. They were prepared. 
They were ready to play the game. LSU was just better. To to take a team like Alabama and put them on the same field as what you saw last week, Mac Jones is going to have three 50-yard touchdowns against LSU. Like that, easily. Those receivers are going to run free. They'd be running free. They'd be just they'd be running, running free. free. First of all, they would be more disciplined on the routes that aren't big plays to where they're going to catch everything. Look at the quarterbacks. <laughs> Look at the quarterbacks that they've played this year and what they've done. Mississippi State's quarterback ain't had a game like that since that game against LSU. Bo Nix had the best game of his career against LSU this year. And Felipe, if he gets drafted, they're going to be watching LSU film. Felipe Frakes, again, not not by far, a guy who Florida was like, thank you, please leave. And he's out right. there dropping dimes on you. And it's just – it's embarrassing. I, 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 it, it's something that, that I don't see – like you said, I don't see it getting corrected this year. And I don't know – if they don't fire some of these guys, I was – what I'm really surprised is, and I think this is an issue with LSU too, is I'm not really surprised by it, but it continues to bother me. Why doesn't Corey Raymond get a look as a, at defensive coordinator? Why didn't some of these guys that you've supposedly grown and developed? We know the answer. We know the answer. Yeah. But it's the same reason Frank Wilson never got an opportunity to be an associate head coach and was always stuck as a recruiter. When Frank could go on and we knew he had head coaching potential. When you see these things, LSU develop these guys and then never give them anything other than secondary responsibilities. I have a big problem with that. Develop these guys, and you're going to bring in Bo Pelini from the outside who doesn't know your program anymore, who's been gone for over a decade, and you're going to bring him back, and you got guys who've been living this culture with you, been living the culture with the, these players, know them in and out, and you're going to pass all of those guys by for somebody who hadn't had a top-10 defense in the FBS in the last five years. Yeah, I, 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 I don't understand. I, I don't I don't understand what LSU is doing, but the program, the fan base, they I don't think they I don't think they are ready for somebody like Corey Raymond or or, or, or to, to to be a defensive coordinator. You know the same reason. You know let's let's get into it. You know let let since since you brought that up, Put let's talk table. about it. Put it on the let, table. Let, let's talk about it. We are talking about a fan base, right? That you know, when Jordan Jefferson played quarterback LSU, you know, Jordan Jefferson wasn't the greatest quarterback at LSU. I, and I'm not saying that he was, but he was not really given an opportunity, in my opinion, to be a good, successful quarterback at LSU. And the fan base destroyed that young man to the point where, to the point where, he gets in a bar fight that I can't even – I don't understand how he, it was verified that he was there that night. Mm-hmm. He gets in a bar fight and he gets a felony charge. You know what I mean? This, this, is, this, is the type of, this is the type of fan base that we're talking about. Talking about he had – after the national championship game where Les Miles only throws him 17 times and didn't cross the 50, it was obvious that he wouldn't put in a position to be successful, but he Bama was called knew every play. He, he was called all kind of racial slurs and all kind of this and all kind of that. 
so for I don't see there being a black offensive defensive coordinator or anything like that in Baton Rouge anytime soon. I don't oh. see that. And you I know, think that because go ahead. Now, because because you know, again, me, me and my, me and a buddy of mine was just talking about, you know, if you could go outside, why not go out, go get somebody like Charlie Strong? Like 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 you know, Bo Pelini, we appreciate him for what he's done in the past. You know, Bo Pelini's defense at LSU was great, thirteen, twelve, however many years ago, but the game has passed him up clearly. You know, and then we broke the bank and get, get overpaid him. And look what's going on, you know. But we – I don't see LSU promoting somebody like Corey. Corey Raymond is going to have to leave and go somewhere else and be a brilliant coordinator. And we're going to look back and say, look what we had. And we'll still, he'll still never come back to LSU as a as, – it'll never happen where he's a coordinator. It just won't – you won't see it. And I'm just – that is so bothersome considering all the offensive talent that and skill position talent that we've seen come through in the form of black players who have not gotten that opportunity to be assistants, who have not gotten that opportunity to even be grad assistants and called back right. and do those things. It's there's no to have that kind of there's no growth and there's no coaching right. tree internally to develop those coaches. And I, I think that that's a huge problem that LSU has never dealt with and has no intention to deal it with. No, not, a, not at all. Because think about it. It took Kevin Falk. Kevin Falk is the best running back in, school in history. LSU history. And and he came back, what, how many years ago? Was it like three years ago? And, 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 and he's the running back coach? You know, like, and that's it. I can't think of anybody else. Like, you know, he, it's it's a problem, and, and it's going to eventually turn into a recruiting issue. I think so, and, I, and we're going to get into this one more second, but I just want to say this too. When I look at the stand uh, up at the, the circle of honor at LSU, and they were two names up there, and you've mm-hmm. got all these LSU players, whether for over the years who have been defensive player of the year, who have mm-hmm. set school records, all right, stuff, right, right. Not a single African American player has his name honored anywhere in that no. building. Not a single statue, not a single bust, not a single for all these all Americans, all these national players, all Blitnikoff Award winners, all that stuff. They couldn't wait. And I get it. Give Joe Burrow all his props in the world. But all these years when other dudes were carrying that program. And they get no recognition whatsoever, except when you want to walk them out there on a Saturday afternoon and let people cheer them, and then you send them as right back into the tunnel. I just, yeah. I have a, it, it's not right. It's not right. I, I got another name for you. Why was somebody like Terrell Biscuit never a, a coach on LSU staff? You talk about a guy that was the first guy to run for a thousand yards at LSU. And he was an he was an offensive coordinator, running backs coach, wide receiver, head all kind of in coach NFL too. In the NFL, head coach, he was a head coach. That's right in the NFL for all these years, and he never came back. And and then you're right, you know, um, Belichick winners. You got somebody like Josh Reed, you know, uh, Patrick Peterson, Michael Clayton, Corey Webster was a what three time, two time All American. You know, somebody somebody else's name should have been up there. 
But it's you know, still, I, you know, I, but they'll put Burrow, and that's fine. I, it ain't nothing against Joe Kevin Burrow. Kevin, Kevin Falk, Kevin Falk, got to be up there. Dude he had every the record one. when he left. Kevin Falk had every record when he left, and he's yep. not up there. And it's and you put this up there, and they will put these dudes out there. They'll gladly take Teron Matthews' money. They'll gladly take his million dollars. Teron Matthews, Matthews shouldn't give money to the school. Yeah, he should be. He was kicked off the team. He should be. He was Saint Aug. He should have gave it to Saint Aug. A million to Saint Aug would have been a game changer. A million to LSU is thank you. We put that in the pocket. Right. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't, don't understand, I don't understand that understand loyalty. I don't get yeah. it. I don't get it he, for all know. of them. Same way they nah. threw Odell under the bus. They threw Odell under the bus, and it was come they on, did. y'all knew. They knew. The coaches knew. All of them knew. You invited him down there, and you saw what he did. They knew when they got back in the locker room what happened. They were breaking the rules too. And you can't tell me that other alumni wasn't giving out cash uh, on the field too. I guarantee well, you, people was handing I, I think, ducats all through the I, Superdome that night. I, I'm pretty sure they were, but I think Odell, he got he was on camera, and I think they wanted to get they wanted to get away from it before the NCAA came down on him. They threw they, they clearly threw him under the bus. I don't know if he should be banned for two years. That's hey, what's extreme. they gonna mean to him? But but but, but right, he ain't coming here anyway. He ain't visiting during the regular season. He don't care. You think nah, Odell I, is crying I, over that? <laughs> no, nah. Odell Odell absolutely is not crying for that, but. He was a guy that put LSU kind of, kind of on the map to me. You know, he was the he's the first guy in a long time that was a real true superstar in the NFL. Like Pat Peterson was an All Pro for a long time, but but he didn't have that popularity that mm-hmm. Odell Beckham had. Then you got Nike coming out with the LSU version of the Air Max and all this, that, and the other because of Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham brings attention to the program, especially with some of these younger guys, these these prospects who enjoy sneakers, you know? So, I, I don't know. I, I just thought that that was unnecessary. But To go further into Coach O, this has not been a good year for him off the field in the sense that – On the field, yeah. yeah. So, I, I look at these things. We go back this summer when the players were talking about having a protest and you have Coach O come on game day and say – Racism got to go. And I thought that that was tone deaf. I thought that was minimalistic. Um, we had players who said that they didn't feel like they were heard in the conversations that they had with him and the rest of the coaching staff. Then you see what happens with Coy Moore. And Coy pours his heart out and tells the truth, as we know from the video, that he told exactly what happened. And O makes the most milquetoast statement and does not back his player. He doesn't say Coy's name at all. He doesn't say that we stand with Coy. We didn't say – I mean, it's more of that general stuff. And I think when you talk about recruiting, as black players are getting more and more aware of their power, I don't want to play for a coach who doesn't get where I'm coming from. And I don't – if I'm Coy Moore, I'm not coming back to LSU next year. No, nah, I don't blame him. You know, you know, uh, if you think about it, you know, he's in Baton Rouge, and it's clear the cops didn't know who he was because – I thought only uh, LSU black quarterbacks got in trouble with the law and not, not anybody else. But, you know, it, 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 like, it, it, I don't blame him for not wanting to come back because, first of all, that type of stuff, that's unnecessary, that's traumatizing. I wouldn't want to go through that either. Second of all, and I know we keep bringing – I keep bringing up Nick Saban. You know, but Nick Saban, his, his, his gift is that he knows – 
what to keep and how to adapt. You saw the Alabama's Alabama football team protesting before the season, and who's out the front? Nick Saban. Coach O, instead of embracing this young man and, and, and speaking out and having his back, he's still kind of like towing the line. You know what I mean? Like he, I think he had he had a statement. Somebody asked him about Donald Trump, and he was like, he loved President Trump. President Trump doing a great job, and it was just. He, he's always tone deaf, David. Like, he don't – it's like he doesn't process what's going on and what's the current climate. And it seems like all he cares about is football. And when you have majority black players, or even if you had, like, one black player, just mm-hmm. one, you can't just completely turn a deaf ear to what's going on in that young man's life because this man's parents trusted you with him and he goes out and he has a situation where no man should ever go through David. Like nobody should ever go through what he went through with the cops. And for, and for coach O not to really make a big deal out of that, that's a problem. No, he should have been shouting that from the high heavens. He should have been like, this is unacceptable. Not because he's yeah. an LSU player. Cause if, if dude didn't tell him he was an LSU player, who knows what happens to him? Right. And then on top of that, he's got an Alabama player with him. Right. So that dude is taking that stuff back to Tuscaloosa and be like, look, this stuff is going down in Baton Rouge. They know right. people. And that story is everywhere now. Yeah. That's that's a problem. And, and and you hate to make it about recruiting problems because you want to talk about what's right and what's wrong first. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's obvious recruiting problem. You know, like I know if I was a young football prospect and my parents watching Coach O do this, you know, Coach O couldn't sit on my he's not shoulder welcome and be in like, my house. Hey, no. he, he's, he's coming, he's coming. I want George to come to LSU. That can't happen. You know, it, that, that can't happen. And he's he's got to be more – he's got to adapt and learn to speak on the issues of the current climate. Because it's not just – it's more the – you're the head coach now, bro. You're the head coach. You're not just some – you're not former friend, the D-line coach no more. That's not who you are. You are the head coach at a major program, and you have to be able to speak about the climate, what's going on in the world. You have to look out for these young men's livelihoods and and just really do what's right. Because if you don't, you know, not only is karma go get you, but people go start transferring. And and you can't keep telling people that these are your sons when you don't recognize that your sons got different issues. Your white players got different right. issues than your black players. And right. you know, we all know guys who played at, at LSU who all have stories. Who all yeah. have stories. Who can tell you that at least look, you know. Marlon Favorite is one of my homeboys from way back. And Marlon tells me he got multiple stories that we got stopped by police in Baton Rouge and he had to tell him, I'm telling coach. And that's when they stopped. And if that's the only thing separating you from getting mis- you know, mistreated, then that's a problem that goes that's deeper a, that's a huge problem. than the athletic department because it can't be the athletic department overseeing the police department. No. You know what I'm saying? It hey. can't work that way. But but that that's that's but that's what it is, Dave. Mm-hmm. That that's what it is, man. Like <laughs> it, it it is so crazy because I've seen situations, you know, 
I've seen white players, you know, in Tigerland. I used to live in Tigerland. So, so one thing, I'm not proud to say this, but one thing I would do, if I was still up by 130, 145, I literally would walk across the street and watch the fights because you know it was going down. Somebody was fighting. Man, I, I was, I've seen white LSU players fighting guys that were smaller than them, just beating them, beating the brakes out of them. And I'm looking at the cops, trying to see what the cops going to do. The cops looking at them like, man, that little kid got knocked the hell out, man. That's tough. You know, but but there's some other people getting bar fights and, like, they got felony charges. You know, it's just it's the it's just what it is out there. You know what it's I mean? Louisiana. And, 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 it's Louisiana and it's, and it's America. And, and it's sad that that's normal. Mm-hmm. It's normal. Mm-hmm. Like, like it isn't. It's normal for there to be two sets of laws. It's normal for them to be, for for there to be, you know, something acceptable for somebody and not acceptable for somebody else. And you know, when your coach refuses to talk about it, it's it's a problem. Then you add in what has come out the last couple of weeks, the sexual assault allegations um, and that the program ignored or buried them for a large number of players, not one or two, but we're talking about Baylor, Michigan state level cover-ups. And, and again, Orgeron will not talk about it. Uh, you don't see Woodward talking about it. No one will mm-hmm. address that. It's even that it was even a problem. You don't even see them addressing that in that regard. All they're saying is the generic of, well, we don't tolerate that here in LSU. Well, clearly you do. Clearly you do because you have these women speaking out and saying, I told the administration about this. You have women talking about this, talking about their coaches that they've told. You have all this stuff. And we know the names of the players who are alleged to have done these things. And it ain't new for some of them. Some of them have done these things past LSU. And so, to me, again, with all the stuff that LSU's facing, and we're going to get into basketball program in a minute, but all these things now on the football side, the probation you put, on, put yourselves on for, for giving out illegal money, for doing these things, for having players, your legal recruiting and all these things, I think that's the tip of the iceberg. And I really feel like once you get into next year – and the NCAA is, is able to reform in some way, and the federal government is, is doing enforcement on the NCAA level for federal crimes, for, for uh, Title IX violations, I think we're going to see a lot more come out of this, and there's going to be some real hell to pay in Baton Rouge. Oh, absolutely, David. Um, you know, and, and I'm a big fan of where there's smoke, there's fire. Not a fan, but, you know, I'm a, I believe where there's smoke, there's fire, right? And I'm hoping I'm wrong because I'm a huge LSU fan. But before football, you got to talk about what's right and what's wrong. And this is the second time this type of thing come out for the same thing, you know, because was it during the summer when they were talking about Coach O and the Darius Guy situation? Mm -hmm. I think it came out right after he got dismissed from the Washington football team, right? Yep. Um, And now it's it's a topic again. Like, this this isn't going away. And – and to me, you know, it goes back to Coach O understanding the climate that we're in and 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 speaking on some of these things because he needs to get out in front. Like what what he what 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 everybody needs to hear him say, and athletic director as well, hey, we we recognize there is a problem. Maybe appropriate steps were taken, appropriate steps were not taken. I will fully cooperate with 
any investigations because this is what's right and we can't have this type of action at LSU. Until he gets out in front of it, it's going to be an issue. And what's going to happen is, to your point earlier, when you said LSU program comes before the law, the LSU program tells what the law to do. LSU program comes before everything. That If it continues to be that arrogant, it's going to fall. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is going to fall. The whole thing is going to fall. And then Coach O is going to be without a job. Um, I don't think that, I don't think Woodward was there long enough. Maybe you know maybe some of this comes back on uh, on Joe Oliva possibly, but a lot of people are going to get swept up into this. And and if you keep digging, and it, and if and if people keep digging, they're going to find some skeletons. And we may be talking about something, maybe not quite on the level of what Penn State in the Sandusky situation was on, but it might look like it might look something like that. Yeah, I think you could be seeing, like I said, that Baylor-Michigan State situation where you start seeing lawsuits coming in and you start seeing, um, you know, people going to have to get fired. It, that's that's what – you cannot have this situation and nobody lose a job. If everybody oh, who's yeah, involved in the – and it's going to be more than one. Because yeah. you can't put it on one guy. And that's what no. they're going to – and you know that's what they're going to try to do is that they're going to try to put it and say, well, it was this person, we told this person, and he didn't take care of it, or this compliance officer didn't do what they were supposed to do. And that's not going to mm-hmm. work like that. Not this this time. Not, not, not for multiple situations. Maybe if it was one, you could do that. But when you but got this three was- allegations against Darius Geis alone, three separate ones against Geis alone, I mean, it's yeah. just – how can you not have – how could the public not be aware of that? Because you and I both lived through the Cecil Collins times. We yes. saw Cecil play. Yes. And they were never this lenient with Cecil. Remember, Cecil no. had and some, some bad stuff, but it wasn't even – he didn't even get sexual assault crimes when he was at LSU. It was a lot of breaking and entering and doing stupid stuff like that. But Cecil kept getting kicked off every time he did something. Yeah. Guys – And look, and Cecil might have been the best football player I've ever, I've ever seen. <sighs> You know, and, 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 and they held him to that standard, you know, and, and and again, you know, I don't want to keep making it about football, but it is football. You know, if somebody was that good and he was held to that standard in the 90s. Ryan Perilou. Right. Ryan Perilou, what? <laughs> he, was, he had like counterfeit 20s? We talk about we, – oh, my God. And, and that's what I was saying, man. These black quarterbacks don't have a shot, man. Look, T.J. Finley, if, if T.J. Finley gets in trouble for anything, we know what it is. But anyway, so, <laughs> so, so, but, but man, if I, I just don't understand, like, some, how is this okay? Mm-hmm. How are they going to keep acting like this ain't a problem? This ain't a thing. When, when we've seen multiple situations of people getting in trouble and people losing their jobs, people getting kicked off the team, something's got to happen. And and LSU needs to make a decision quick because if they wait for the NCAA to get involved and they wait for, you know, the Me Too movement to really start calling for their heads, it's going to be ugly. Those lack of institutional control charges, that's what they're trying to avoid. And so we can slide right over to the basketball program, which is still waiting 
to hear what its ultimate penalties are going to be. And I honestly believe that the football program jumping out early was to try to throw some of that heat off of the basketball program. Because in my mind, this is it for Will Wade too. I, I can't see Will Wade getting beyond this season because the, the hammer's coming. And he's, yeah. he's, the evidence is still on his team. Javante Smart is still standing there, and that's your smoking gun right there. It's like, boy, at the very least, I'd have been like, kids, you got to transfer or something. You can't be right. here. Something. You got right. like, they did that. Remember, Lester Earl. Lester yeah, Earl cost Dale thing. Brown his job. Lester yeah, Earl was the, the final nail in the Dale Brown coffin. And where did Lester went off to Kansas and went off there and kept living his life? And Dale Brown was the coach for like 20 years at that time, something like that. Yeah, and Lester I, I Earl's know. the reason – and it was just that one thing, illegal uh, recruiting for Lester Earl and Lester talking, and that got Dale out. So this is worse. This is this is on tape. This is you saying, I'm, I gave this kid money. And not only him, you know that we know, we know, bro, some of these dudes that came through, like Nas Reed. Nas Reed did not come to LSU on his own volition. What that boy coming right. all the way down to Louisiana for? For a right. program that ain't won nothing in years. Right. right. Like our, our last, you know, Ben Simmons, we we get we sold our souls for Ben Simmons to come here and be mediocre for a year. Like <laughs> like we 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 you know, so but other than that, our last real relevant player. And because Brandon Bass was a second rounder, was Big Baby even a first rounder? Stroh Mile, yeah, Stroh Mile Swift maybe. And before that, it was Shaq. Oh yeah, Tyrus Thomas. But but like really relevant players, Shaquille O'Neal. And Shaquille O'Neal played and he left in '92. I mean, maybe maybe like maybe Ronnie Henderson, maybe Ronnie Henderson, like right after that, possibly. I mean, that's the, that, like, it's been a long time. It's been a long time since LSU produced a great individual player, like a right. great one. They've had some good guys, but a great individual player. And, and Naj Reed comes down here to be a part of this? I, I, I don't know. And look, I love LSU basketball, but come on, dude. Like, 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 like come on, man. Because you know, there, there's no way. When Dale was building that team, when it got to its highest heights in that, that late 80s, early 90s, Chris Jackson's from Mississippi. Yeah. You know, Vernell Singleton from Louisiana. Uh, Clarence Caesar was from Louisiana. Uh, Wayne Sanders was from Louisiana. Texas. And Shaq right. was, knew Dale, Dale knew Shaq from the time he was 12 years old. So you had the inside track on Shaq right. from that already. But the rest of that team, outside they of Gert, local. they was all locals. There was yeah. nobody from outside of Louisiana. These dudes right. from from. Iowa, Louisiana, these dudes from, you know, Corinne Crow, these, there was, this was not a, you know, a program that went out. But now all of a sudden, LSU getting dudes from all over the world coming down here to play in a program that ain't won an SEC title, regular season title, uh, one time in the last 15 years. And it's, no. For no, Will Wade? No. For nah, Will Wade? No. And look, I think Will Wade a good coach, but but he ain't Mike Krzyzewski. Like, if I'm a if I'm a top basketball player, and I'm just thinking about if I'm a top basketball player, and I'm gonna go somewhere. I'm gonna go somewhere where I'm not gonna be second fiddle to the football team. I'm going to Duke. I'm going to Carolina. I'm going to Kentucky. I'm going. I'm, I'm going somewhere like that. I'm not going to LSU where no matter how bad the football team is, it takes president over the basketball team. 
And no, they, I'm not doing it. So they ain't renovated the T Mac in so long. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. not. It's it may be the P Mac might be the the worst basketball arena in the SEC right now. Yeah, and they don't care. No, they don't care. But if you really think about it, if you really think about it, I'll say this: Will Wade, Will Wade, at least Will Wade is trying to earn a competitive advantage. He's wrong because he's breaking the law, the rules. Mm-hmm. But it, I, ain't nobody over there getting sexually assaulted. Ain't nobody over there, you know, really doing w- what's going on with this football program. Right. And it's crazy. It's crazy the fact that Will Wade is probably doing something that the football team probably gets away with all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and and he and the microscope is on him because, you know, wh- what was that report that came out? The the, the special, yeah, uh, the, I, for, the, I forgot his name. The bag yeah. man, but yeah, boy. I mean, you, and we saw what happened with Arizona. You saw what they got. And Arizona is a much bigger program basketball wise than LSU. Arizona is a blue Absolutely. blood program that has been right. to Final Fours, that has national championships, that has produced some of the biggest names in college basketball over the years. LSU ain't that right. spot, and they no. haven't gotten their punishment yet. So what's to stop the NCAA? Look, Kentucky, we saw what happened to Kentucky when they got caught in cheating. We saw what happened yeah. to, to schools that have bigger reps. LSU is not that place, and Will Wade is not that dude. He doesn't have enough skins in the game for them not to sacrifice him. That's why I firmly believe next year he's on an NBA bench as an assistant. He ain't, he ain't coming back to LSU. It just that's, it, it that's doesn't make sense. That's probably yeah, ain't no rules. I, I think I think I think he's a good coach. Like I think he's and he's an old wise. He's a good coach. But the man but got no know, morals but, <laughs> when it comes but, to recruiting. Right. He's he's at LSU, man. You know, like LSU. Think about it. What SEC program has really had a solid basketball run? I think Billy Donovan had like a little like a little run for you know at Florida, right? And that was know, really only about by, six years. Yeah, and it wasn't long. You know, outside of Kentucky, who out who Kentucky not really a, a real SEC school, you know, like Kentucky is they Kentucky. almost like a yeah, Kentucky is like a like a ACC school but a little bit more west. You know, like that that's that's what Kentucky is. So, outside of Kentucky, nobody in my recent memory has had a decent run in basketball. You know, ever. So, Will Wade, I guess he's just trying to get his trying to bite his time and get to a bigger school. But, you know, the stuff hit the fan, and, and now he's he's probably he's probably done. So. I keep saying Will Wade should have watched Goodfellas more closely. Because, you know, <laughs> Goodfellas, what they say? No phones, bro. No phones. Yeah. You, don't com- yeah. you don't talk your right. stuff on the phone. And, yeah, uh, you know, on the wire. We, we don't even talk it in the car on the wire. Remember we said <laughs> we don't t- – nothing. 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 And Will right. Wade, they figured this out, man. You got – Look, smoke signals, whatever you gotta do, bro. But you don't, you don't let nobody have you in an extended conversation on the phone about cheating. That's the yeah, reason man, Mike Shashevsky don't get caught. That's the reason right. that Roy Williams hasn't gotten caught. It's because they have other Roy people Williams, do that stuff. John Calipari, you can't tell me John Calipari not paying people, oh, but man. but you know, <laughs> come on, Worldwide West, Kentucky. all the years, come on, man, come on, right. Everywhere he go, man, John Pe- John Calipari was getting players at UMass. 
Whoa, and, whoa, whoa. and you whoa, know where? Have you ever been to UMass? Have you ever? Nope. UMass is out in the middle of farm. There's like you drive out to Amherst, and there's nothing out there. Literally nothing but farm land. You just get to the campus. There's nothing there, and to get people to go there. Yeah, bro. To for you know, Calipari was like, I remember when Marcus, the whole Marcus Camby thing, where they had him with prostitutes and jewelry and all this stuff, and and how you could be, you know, and that was Calipari's thing. I didn't know where he got the jewelry, bro. If a twenty-year-old shows up on your at your door wearing a diamond encrusted uh, neck piece with his number on it, you might want to ask where that Plausible came from. deniability, Captain. I, I don't know. I don't want to. <laughs> But that's they, again, it's a different standard because let that yeah. be, you know, let that be a John Thompson, let that be a Steve Robinson, that or let that be a Leonard Hamilton at Florida State get caught with that. It ain't going down the same way. No, it's not. It's not. Not at all. And then you're not, not gonna get the defense shot. from the fan base either, because this fan nope. base will take a bullet for Will Wade. They'll yep. take a bullet for him. Yep. Absolutely will. You go into the season. I think they're going to let Coach O get eaten by the wolves, though. I think that's coming. Yo. They're going to let it happen. Oh, yeah. Because they'll do anything to preserve the program. Nobody's bigger than the program. So if they got to cut O loose, they'll do it. They'll let him out to hang. They'll let Will Wade to hang. You know they'll let Manieri hang if if somebody has something on him. They'll cut him loose in a minute. Oh, yeah. They're ready to cut him now. (laughs) Yep. This might be his last year if he don't get it right. Might have might have a fresh set of head coaches, huh? Across the board, they might you might lose the tennis coach. You might lose. I mean, shoot, Nikki got to get it going with the women's basketball team. She might be. I mean, you literally could be looking across yeah. the board yeah. changes. But well, well, look, when I was when I was at LSU, nobody beat LSU but Tennessee, and that was it. <laughs> now, 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 Nikki, Nikki out there struggling, boy. It ain't it ain't the same. They, I mean, with, with Sue, they went to what five straight for three or four straight final fours with Sue Gunter, and it was, was like, it? It was like Sue slash Pokey, yep. for a little while. Yeah, that that Simone Augusta, Sylvia Files ever. Yeah, I'm telling you, nobody beat them girls but Tennessee. That was it. Yep. That was it. Or UConn. Yeah, they... That was it. Yeah, that was it. That's it. And so yeah, I look at that and. But we look at we have to look at the on court stuff for the basketball team. They start on Thursday. They play SIU Edwardsville, and I look at the starting lineup, and it's okay. It's okay. Javante yeah. Smart has been a huge disappointment over yeah. his career so far. He has a turn. Can't shoot. Doesn't drive. Mm-hmm. Does not super athletic. No, not. Uh, Cam Thomas. He, he plays out of control. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. They relying on Cam Thomas to be the scorer on this team. I don't know if he can do that. Freshman. Darius Days has not really gotten better over the last couple of years. Um, Trendon Watford, I thought, was un- underwhelming last year. He was supposed to be a one-and-done mm-hmm. guy, and I didn't see the requisite aggression out of him, um, no. especially around the basket, to be six seven. He's got to be able – he doesn't have a jumper. So he better be able to score around the basket, and he didn't do either one of those particularly aggressively. He didn't get to the free throw line a lot. What I don't understand is I'm looking at Watford, and I feel like he's super athletic. Like, and, but he doesn't use this athleticism Mm-mm. to he, – he's got he's to be the guy that's finishing strong, that's getting and ones, 
that that's that's getting offensive rebounds, put back. He's got to be the guy that's almost playing above the rim, and he's just not doing that. He just he's just been a disappointment, and you could tell. And that's why I think didn't he didn't he go to the didn't he declare himself and then pulled back. You know, I, I, and I think that's why he thought he could go to the NBA because of his athleticism, but he hasn't done anything here. Like he didn't at all. dominate. No, if you don't leave, you gotta dominate. Right. And there was nobody inside in the SEC last year. There was no. nobody. All the SEC players you see getting drafted are wings and point yeah, guards. That's it. Wings and point guards. So there was nobody in the post, and he was okay. As a freshman. But then again, in basketball, you know, everybody wants to shoot threes and, and play on the perimeter now. But he ain't do that either, though. <laughs> it's not like he can shoot. He can't shoot. He can't shoot. He can't dominate the paint. It's like, dude, you're just out there. You're just out there running. And they're yeah. counting on Brian Penn Johnson at center because he's tall. But again, this is a transfer. This is a dude that did not live up to his billing in one other place. So now you bring him to this place and hope that he pans out. Same with Sharif O'Neal, who has also has a heart problem that you're trying to yeah. deal with. So, yeah, LSU's taller this year, but I still don't know if they're any better shooting than they were last mm-hmm. year, which is, has been the problem the last two years is that they, they are one of the worst shooting teams in the country, especially from three-point range. The, yeah. And and now they're going to be playing more matchup zone, which I hate teams that play zone because zone does not get you to a national championship. You better not be able all. to play man at some point. You you got to play man at some point because what happens is somebody somebody is going to come out and they're going to light you up from behind the arc with that zone. Or it, it could it don't even have to be a good team. It could just be a team that's just hot the right night and just destroy you, that zone. So you got to be able to switch it up. And 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 play that matchup that 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 man to man like you got to be able to do that. We see and if it you in can't do that. You're not gonna win. We you see it in the tournament every year. Is some school right. with one kid that can shoot the three all night long. They got hot. that one dude. Yep, and they just keep finding them looks against the zone and it'll bury you. And I and and that's the thing that's been LSU's Achilles heel for a while is that either they get beat because they don't rebound enough, especially on the and defensive glass. And they can't shoot. And they can't shoot. They can't shoot. Like, last year, the few times I saw them play last year, I really wanted to – I really wanted to see them play up a complete basketball game. And, like, somebody like Skylar Mays was, like, the glue. And he still wasn't that dominant. Like, you could tell he was playing at his ceiling. You know, there wasn't much more that he was going to be able to do. You see guys get in the paint. You see him kick out. And he missed a whole lot of a whole lot of shots and a whole lot of free throws, and, and that and that was the whole season. They could have they could have been so much better, but he couldn't shoot the ball. And they were and so reliant on Skyler. They were so reliant, oh, too reliant, too reliant on him. And and, and he wasn't Skyler Mays should be a role player at mm-hmm. best, you know. And I'm not knocking the kid. He had a great work ethic. He got as much out of his talent as he could, but he was at best should have been a role player, not the star player on on this basketball team. You know, you know, Javante Smart has been very, very disappointing. Um, I'd like to see him play a little bit more under control this year. Well, a lot more under control, and be able to drive and kick. And, and they got to make shots. But he's not a point they guard. They don't have a point guard. If you're going to have no. Javante Smart be your point guard, you better live with turnovers because that's what he's yeah, going to do. Because he's going to turn it over. He's going to absolutely turn it over. 
and and I feel like he has this point guard mentality, but he's out of control. He doesn't he's finish well control. at the rim. He doesn't no, finish he doesn't. well with either hand. It's not like, and he doesn't elevate and finish over people. So no. I don't, I don't get where his game is going. I don't understand what his. I think again, he might be somebody that's already reached his ceiling too. And that's yeah. one of the things you to, to if you were going to criticize Will Wade, you would say of the guys who who made it, Tremont Waters, and. Derek, I mean, and, and Skylar Mays are the two best players he's had since he's been there. And then you say the other dude that he got the most out of was Cavell Bigby Williams, who yeah. was was a dude that just had an incredible motor and would do yeah. all the dirty work. But Nas Reed didn't have a great year when, for his freshman year. Mm-hmm. He showed that he was lethargic, didn't really give a damn on most nights on either end. Didn't block right. shots, didn't rebound, didn't Played go to the hole. The in the world. Just wanted to shoot threes. Just wanted to shoot yeah. threes. And and so, again, you see this side of these guys every year. Darius Day is supposed to be the super athlete, supposed to be a guy who finished around the rim all the time. I don't see it. Where is it? Where's the athleticism? Where is LSU in transition? They don't really get a ton of points in transition either, which is what they should be doing because they're smaller than everybody on a year-to-year basis. They, if So yeah. you have to run when you're smaller, and they don't run. They are not great off-ball defenders. They don't create a lot of steals. So, I mean, they win games, but the SEC, again, like you said, the SEC is easy to rack up wins in. What we have not seen LSU do is rack up wins against top 25 teams outside of the SEC and, they, and particularly on and the they road. Won't. They won't. They won't. To your point, they don't. They just don't have it. They don't. They don't have enough. You know. And I don't see. I don't see them going and being an NCAA tournament team. Or if so, they're barely squeaking and they won't make any noise. Um, you know, maybe they maybe they go do well in the SEC tournament, but I'm very under impressed with what they got coming back. You know, I was hoping that maybe Skylar would have another year with this whole COVID thing, and they would be like waiving eligibility. That's what I was hoping, but I, I don't I don't have confidence. Um, Sharif O'Neal seems very interesting. He does have that heart problem. He's Shaq's son, so he's gonna get a lot of attention, but. A lot of his tapes look real good to me. I feel like he can be a good wing. But, again, he hasn't proven anything. He hasn't shown anything. So, I'm not really excited for this season. Um, But if they can shoot the ball better, I think they'd have a shot to be pretty good. I think the pressure's going to be on Sharif, too, is that you know how LSU folks are. Let Sharif come out and have an 0 for 5 game. And they're going to be – you know how it starts. You ain't your daddy. You ain't yeah, your daddy. He's, he's just, your daddy got a statue outside. And they will, turn on him, they will turn on him. They will turn on him quick. You only here because you sacked son. Yep. You just – you got over. You got over because that's your daddy. And they will turn real hard. And I think this is strange because I don't think we've ever seen since. Like the, since those years when, when Dale Brown was getting forced out and the football team was in tatters and all that. Like you – the cleanest thing going at LSU right now might be the track program. <laughs> That's like, like that's that's the cleanest thing rolling. The most consistent thing for sure, you know, because I think didn't DD Bro retire, so the gymnastic team not gonna even be on no more. Like this, this, there's nothing. It's not. And then with the nah, money, and then legitimately bad, with Louisiana taking this money hit. There's not going to be the same amount of money for athletics next year. There's not going to be the mm-hmm. same amount of money over the next three or four years while this recovers. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very 
it's going to be very interesting to continue to watch, bro, as this goes forward. I think LSU is in for a hell of a lot of trouble before it gets better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We might go back to that time period where, you know, LSU football was trying to find themselves on that Curly Holman, Jerry DiNardo uh, time period. You know, you had the Lester Earl thing with, with Dale Brown. It, it, it might look a whole lot 96-ish, 94-ish, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. year I'm thinking about. It's maybe about 94, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm hoping it doesn't end up like that, but. It's, it's feeling like it. It's, yeah, it's, it's kind of feeling, feeling like, like it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Brad, um, this is a great conversation. I think we brought up a lot of really important issues because I think these have been overlooked. And I think that the media has not done the job that they should do in really addressing these and being honest with folks. It's really easy to just pump up the program and point out to, to the things that make people feel good. But I think it's important to be honest. I think it's important to hold power accountable. And nobody is more powerful in the state of Louisiana than the, than the LSU yeah, athletic football. program. Right. Nobody. Just step up, man, and just say – it. This, you know, we're we're willing to cooperate. We this is what this is what we know that happened. We're getting answers. Something like, don't just brush it off and, and act like it's not a big deal. Cause it's cause people go keep pushing and it's gonna come back and bite you. And don't and don't act like people don't know bad football when they see bad football. Don't come at me right. and tell and, me and that look, that last week was a good that this win on Saturday was a good win. No. Don't come at me with that because they wouldn't have accepted it. They wouldn't have accepted it's that not. a year ago. You know, at the very least. Joe Burrow last year after a win like this would have been like, this is unacceptable. I ain't having this two weeks in a row. You know what I'm not, saying? And, and you didn't not. see anybody say that on this team th- this week. But for Coach O, Coach O, he needs to he needs to look good. He needs to go out and win against Texas A&M because if – if oh, he's, he's not. He's not. Like, it's not <laughs> happening. Like, like, like let's, be, let's be clear. I don't think it's happening. Texas they might but, run for 350 but, yards on them. And, and they probably will. But my point is, Coach, Coach O only has juice if the football team is good. And if the football team is not good, because let's be, let's, be, let's be completely real. Like, they didn't want Coach O from the jump. Like, they settled from Coach O because Tom Herman didn't come. And Joe Lever dropped the ball on the Benjo on on the Jimbo thing, right? So, so you know, they didn't want Coach O from the beginning. He won the national championship, caught lightning in the bottle, caught the perfect season, awesome. But now it's back to this. Like you, you can't, you can't not run a tight ship and be terrible. You, you won't, you won't last long. Something's got to shake. Bro, tell the people how they can keep up with you and what you're working on. Man, I'm just – I'm working on revamping this podcast. Um, you can find some uh, older episodes on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, um, iHeartRadio. It's called it's called the Highly Opinionated Podcast. Um, you know, my last one was a few months ago. I, I had a good sit-down conversation with Mike McKenzie, um, Super Bowl champion. Uh, but you can follow me on Instagram at Becknell Media. You can follow me on Twitter at George underscore Becknell. And, uh, you know, I'm always, you know, giving my, my point of view for for some of these things that's what's going on. You know, uh, always heckling Atlanta Falcons fans and things of that nature. So, 
that, that's, that's some of the things I enjoy doing. Yeah, man. So, yeah, and and we're going to keep supporting you. We're going to keep supporting you, and I appreciate your support all the time, too, man. I, I really do. You've always been in my mine. corner. And, um, I, you know, you, every time something happens for me, you've been there and uh, been one of the first people to congratulate and, and, and boost me up. And I hope I always get to return the favor to you, too, because we're in this together, man. Absolutely, man. We have to stick together. And, again, congratulations on the two-lane thing. And, look, you know, I'm – I know you invite me back, so I'm going to just go ahead and invite myself back. So we need to kind of – we need to go ahead and do the Saints Ring of Honor thing soon. Yes. Because we need to talk about that. We need to talk about that. Yes. Next week, let's do that because let's get into that because I, I got so, I have had some very strong appearances on that Saints Ring of Honor for a long time. And ooh, ooh, that, that that That's one of the things that – and statues at the Superdome too because I know it's about to get real upsetting to me real fast because – the day number nine walks off the field, they're going to have a statue ready for him. And they're due to have earned that and un- have not gotten close to getting their recognition. And it's just no. – we, we can talk about it. And, yeah, we're going to get and, into you know, it. And, and, and number nine, I'm, I might be ready for him to walk off now. He's been great. Love him. But it's, it's time. You know, it's, it's got to go. And number two needs to play. But that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and we'll get into that too because we'll have some more of a sample size to talk about next week as well right. so we're going to see what's sure. up but for All George right. Becknell my man I am David Grubb and this has been another edition of Hard in the Paint I'll be back with y'all again tomorrow with my very special guest the one and only the legendary Mr. Chibs Kenny Anderson tomorrow so please make sure y'all check that one out until the next time I'll talk to y'all soon I'm